Welcome to Asbury United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Will. Thanks for joining our podcast. This is where you'll be able to find all of our sermons, as well as special devotionals and interviews. We hope these messages inspire hope and bring support as you grow on your journey of faith. If you have any questions, or if you want further conversation, or if you simply like what you hear, connect with Asbury through our Facebook page or by checking our website at asburymaitland.org. Good morning. If I have not met you before, and particularly those of you online, I am one of the pastors here. I'm Pastor Barbara, and it's so good to have you. We are here um, after the excitement and the beauty of Christmas, and some of us still have family and friends in our homes. We may be tired, but it is a good kind of tired. We may be cleaning up, but again, it's a good time and way of cleaning up. And so we come together today to pull away from all the excitement and all the busyness and maybe even some hurt words. We gather to worship, to sing, to pray, to hear scripture, and once again be reminded of why we have been giving gifts and why we worship in this time. Now, hear the story of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. In the Roman Empire, occasional censuses were taken, just like we do every 10 years. They were taken for a twofold uh, reason. The first was to find the citizens and make sure they were on the tax rolls. They wanted to be, uh, make sure they're bringing in all the income they can. And then you can go back to Zacchaeus. He took in much more income than he was supposed to be supposed to get. He was a crooked, crooked little man. <laughs> uh, also, the reason they took, uh, they took a census is to find those who were liable for compulsory uh, military service. Now, the Jews were exempt from the military, so in Palestine, a census would be predominantly for taxing purposes and most of those were done every 14 years. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary 
home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, mm -hmm. because he will save his people from their sins. Now, <clears throat> being, um, being uh, devoted to each other, but also now having betrothal announced, Mary and Joseph were betrothed to be married. It's a little bit like our engagements, but the betrothal was very different in many ways, but particularly in one way. Uh, a man could issue a writ of divorce and divorce his betrothed wife before they were actually married. Should a man uh, die, in the eyes of the law, she was considered his wife. And so according to Old Testament law, she would either go back to the home of her father or one of her living brothers. It was at this stage of their relationship that uh, Joseph, the earthly father, had a dream and the Holy Spirit came to him as it had to Mary, who said, let it be to me according to your word. And so here it came and spoke to Joseph and said, now look, this child, this child is given by the Holy Spirit. I'd say, holy cow, you know by the Holy Spirit, and this child is the Savior, and you must give him the name Jesus. Jesus is the Greek translation of the Jewish, uh, Jewish name Joshua, and it translates to mean salvation. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, uh, they were traveling from the northern end of Palestine and were going all the way to Bethlehem, which is four miles south, little town, south of Jerusalem. The journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem was 80 miles in length. Bethlehem was just a little four miles, and standing on the main, the main mountaintop, you could look down and see it. The accommodations for the travelers were most primitive. Travelers brought their own food. They were guaranteed a place where they could rest. They were to bring everything that they needed. They were provided a fire where they could get warm and they could lay their animals in a stable, which was also warm. Um, they were to feed their own animals and the tiny town was crowded because many people had come for the census. As we know, there was no place for Joseph and Mary, and we get the very real impression that she had already moved into 
early labor because later that night, as a first mother, she gave birth to her son. And so it was in an animal dwelling that Mary birthed her firstborn son. And in that animal dwelling, they wrapped the baby, which we still do today, in swaddling clothes or cloths. We know uh, how comfortable and soothing it makes the baby for those first few weeks when they have been in utero and they have felt that they were comforted and secure. It was a square cloth like we use, but off the cloth was a long part of the cloth. So they wrapped the baby and then took that round and round and round. That baby Jesus was swaddled. He was loved. And in this animal dwelling, a swaddled baby was wrapped up in this cloth and laid in a manger. Well, that's the trough where the animals feed. And so the animals were backed away and clean hay was pulled out and put there for this child. Now we've heard in Naomi and Ruth's story when it was preached by Pastor Chris a few weeks ago that there came a famine upon Bethlehem and the, the crops were dying. And that's when the Naomi and Ruth with the families went out and went into Egypt because they were starving to death. That really, on the, on the other side of this, was almost an oxymoron because Bethlehem translates to mean a bread basket, a basket full of bread with all the wheat and all the other crops being uh, cultivated. It, is, uh, it was when Jesus was there and teaching on the mountainside. It was a fertile, fertile place. And it was there that, um, that the child Jesus was born. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. It was a wonderful thing that God's first announcement to the new, about the newborn Savior to earth came to shepherds. 
Shepherds out in the field watching their flocks by night. Shepherds were compared to being the worst of the worst. Even servants working in the homes with people had opportunity to wash their hands and to follow the rules of cleanliness. But shepherds couldn't do that. And they were out, they would take their flocks down to the well, many times to Jacob's well, and they would get water and they made sure that the, that the sheep had what they needed for eating and for growth. But they did not have for themselves a basic hygiene available. They lived in the fields and when they watered the sheep, they were able to wash their hands. Now, hand washing was a meticulous part of the law, and it was required when everyone came in, and you've heard the stories, where the pan of water, they washed their hands, but servants also washed their feet, guests, so that they are sure when they come in, in worship or in a home for breaking bread, that there is the following of this important law. So the, fox, the flocks made too many constant demands on the shepherds, and orthodox religious people looked down on the shepherds as being very common poor. It was to the very poor simple people of that country and of the world that God's first announcement of salvation came to the shepherds. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming, into, <clears throat> excuse me, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. It is uh, in scripture that three wise men came. We think of them maybe as kings, as godly men uh, in their own country. They were certainly educated and they were full of uh, holiness and wisdom, such so that they were uh, watching the, the stars and knew that something very unusual had happened. At the time, there was this extraordinarily bright star. I don't know if some of you have noticed in the news, but about four or five days ago, what is believed to be the, Method, the Methodist, the uh, star of the manger, could be seen if you got out of the city lights shining brightly. And can you imagine a land with no street lights, no home lights, watching at night the stars, 
What an amazed response they had. Something is happening. Something wonderful is happening. And they got on their camels and traveled, following the star, which rested right above the stable. They were so drawn in by this experience that they brought three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, which is used in the burial tradition. Isn't it ironic that one of the first gifts Jesus received was myrrh, a sign of preparing for his life, gold, frankincense, you know, the oil that was poured on his feet by the sinful woman and she washed with her hair. And then myrrh. Myrrh, a symbol of that humanity, all of us die. And in our own tradition, we prepare our bodies following death. And here, baby Jesus received the gift of myrrh. Now, <clears throat> the hometowns in Bethlehem were usually built on a slope created by a limestone ridge. And a lot of us, let me turn around and look. Yes, a lot of us see it as a wooden stable. And that's easy because then we can set it up if we have a real basic one with the slots. We can set it up and then we can put the trio, mother, baby, and child in. <clears throat> but at least when going to Bethlehem and seeing how the hillside was constructed, the homes were carved out and they lived in those limestone caves. It was cooler in the summer and it kept the families warm in the winter. It was very likely that the cave was below the house with a path carved to go down and care for the animals or either walk them out. And they, mother and dad and Jesus, were in a cave when Jesus was born. <clears throat> to this day, Bethlehem Cave is believed to be the birthplace of Jesus. Now, above the birthplace of Jesus, those of you who had made the trip to the Holy Land, remember that the oldest church in the world, the Nativity Cave, is under the Church of the Nativity, and that's what it's called. And so tourists and visitors make this holy journey from all walks of life and from all over the world to come and wait in long lines, yes, that look like COVID testing or whatever, long lines curling in the, in the church sanctuary, slowly making our way down to the cave, the nativity cave. It is not much bigger than this right here. And carved into the limestone is 
the plaque that said, Jesus the Savior, one of Mary and Joseph, was born here. And they had the eternal lights burning. And we come down, and this is just, just amazing. Because the only way you can get into the cave is bending over. And you go like this into the cave, down the steps. And then when you get there, you stand up. And there may be six or seven other people. Some people pray. I was in there with some of the people who traveled with me, and we read part of the nativity story. It was so powerful to hear some people singing, silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. What a powerful experience. You won't believe it, but we were in our 20s. It was in 1981. And now our new pastors, as they are ordained elder, as part of their spiritual journey, are taken with, with their spouses to the Holy Land. Because that trip with your feet on the ground informs your ministry forever. When you call back those places, and as you know, there are so many places in your life that are sacred. Isn't it supremely fulfilling and fitting that every man, woman, boy, and girl approach the manger on our knees? But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Coming to them was the entry of a king, but they did not know it yet, except that Mama Mary and Joseph, earthly daddy, had a vision, had a visitation of the Holy Spirit. And both being wise, being faithful unto their God, said, she said, yes, be it done to me according to your word. And he took it in and said, yes, his name is Jesus. And yes, we will walk the remaining months of this pregnancy together, despite all of Bethlehem doing this. With upright chin and straight backs, the two of them lived in Bethlehem 
and they were an amazing uh, example of God's people. Jesus was born into a world, um, and the world was broken. They were crying out for something. The prophets had given their word from the Old Testament, but it didn't stick. It didn't work. And then God decided, I'm going to send my own. Those of you who are parents, you understand. I'm giving my own. And God knew what that meant. God knew what that meant. It may seem extraordinary to us that three men, as we understand it, set out to find a king. But the remarkable thing is just about the time Jesus was born, there was this eager expectation, this longing for a Messiah, the hunger and the neediness in their hearts. People were waiting for God, and they had a deep desire for God. They had discovered that they could not fully live their lives without the holiness of the one. It was an expected, expectant work world waiting for Jesus to come. When Christ was born to the unclean, the working poor, and the hard-working shepherds learned to watch out and be expectant. With the kings, we were told persons from all over the world, from the ends of the world, came and gathered at the cradle. This is the story of the birth of Christ, the son of the living God, the savior of the world. And we are an expectant world. We know there needs to be massive healing in our world on all levels. And so this Christmas and this Christmas tide, we open our hearts and we say, Come, Lord Jesus, come. This is the story of how Jesus was born. Behold, I am here with good news for you and your family which will bring joy to all people. For this very day, the Savior is born, Christ the Lord. And that comes from Luke chapter 2. And we receive the word of God for the people of God. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we are expectant people. Every one of us has a dark side like Pastor Chris preached about. Every one of us has a dark demon like the gospel according to Scrooge. 
His had been lived out all of his life, but we reel it in and pray for healing. Lord, we pray that you will open our hearts to what is good, faithful, true, with patience and confidence and prayer and loving kindness. Lord, we are expectant. We love you and we come this day after the event that was celebrated internationally, the birth of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.